It's Wayne City Church right now, baby. Coming live to you. Whenever we're live, it's a pre-recorded podcast in the basement of Seattle, Washington. We do it. We do it to you. Jim Markovitz, Jack Slattery, Wayne City Church. Church! Rain City Jerks here. Welcome to Rain City Jerks. Talking about suffering. You do it. I do it. We're all going to do it. Is some suffering worse than others? That's the question today on Rain City Jerks. It's a rainy, dreary day here in Seattle, Washington. Uh, I'm not suffering. I love the rain. It makes me happier. I am suffering, but it's not because of the rain. I I went for two long walks in the rain today. Yeah. Once with dogs. Oh, I did a guest spot dog walk for Courtney Bird, local okay, comedian. Okay, local comedian, local dog walker. Yeah, if you need some dogs walked in Seattle, check out Courtney Bird. She's great. But uh, yeah, I, she's feeling under the weather today, so she called in a pitch hitter. Knew that I was uh, like Doctor Doolittle with animals, mm-hmm. and she called me up and hired me to walk the dogs, and that was nice. Helped my head. Your dog stepdad. That's what I really want. I kind of like. I'm thinking about getting a, a part time job. Recent, like soon, okay. Uh, just to make a little more money, so sure, got to shore it up, so I don't feel so insane. And uh, babysitter is one of the things I'm thinking about. I want to like put an ad out there for like uncle for hire. So a babysitter, but not a manny. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be a male nanny. I'd be a male nanny. I have no problem with that. Okay, uh, but I think the angle I could work is I'm a uncle for hire. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I have a degree in art. Sure, uh, I've been a private chef before. Okay, and so I feel like I could translate those skills into a fun evening, you know, for the kids. Like let's let's make dinner, then draw pictures or whatever they're into. That's the right kind of uncle to sell yourself as. There's a lot of uncles you don't want watching your kids. Right. Uh, but Uncle Jack. I am fantastic with kids, by the way. He's the one you want. I I always feel really creepy when I say I love kids. Uh, but I think that's just culture talking that makes me feel like I should feel creepy for saying I like kids. But like I'm great with kids. Like Kids love me, uh, and... I love kids. Yet despite that, you never have wanted your own. No, just because, and this goes back to the suffering topic, Mm. uh, I feel like life is far too cruel and too much to inflict on someone. Sure. Like, I'm not having a great time most of the time. Like, most of the time, I'm like, why am I here? What is this existence? This is garbage. Okay, Nietzsche. Yeah. (laughs) Calm down. Uh but so I wouldn't want to drag someone out of the ether. That's a like the A with the E. Sure, sure. Ether. I wouldn't yeah. want to drag someone out of the ether uh, to be here, even though there's some schools of thoughts where like everyone here did a soul contract because you wanted to be here, so you sure. should try and enjoy it because you did sign up for this. I don't know if I fully believe that, but I do believe that there is some. Uh, energetic field from which we all emerge and like being on earth is our chance to be an individual and then when you die you go back to the the pond right the the, the individuated soul which we are experiencing life as now versus like the group soul right yeah. yeah 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 of which we're all a part and forget when we're in this earth realm until you take enough drugs uh or do yoga and meditation. But anyway, so yeah, I, I have a vasectomy, proud vasectomy owner, support it, get one. Uh, I wouldn't want to do this to someone. I wouldn't want to drag someone into this. You don't think that you could give them a better time? I, Be like, oh, I fucked up all this stuff and I'm having a bad time. But if I had another person to try out, I could armor them in a way so that they would have a better go of it than me. No, I think I could, but it would still be so bad that you wouldn't want I to still, do it. I still it would them. be still so bad I wouldn't want to do that to anybody. So I'm much more in line with being a stepdad, ad- sure. adopting a kid, sure, fostering sure. a kid. Like I want to help the people that are already here. Sure. I don't want to make the situation worse by bringing a new person into this m- mess. Mm. That's kind of, I feel like having children at this point is like largely one of the most selfish things anyone could possibly do and like you should be able to take that urge that biological urge of reproduction and just like transplant that onto another child mm-hmm. and like because most people are not so 
genetically uh, unique or superior in any sort of interesting way that like your genetics matter at mm-hmm. all, but your memes matter. Like in the Dawkian sense of memes, your 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 memes matter. The nurture matters more than the nature. Okay, okay. In my estimation. See, I feel like my decision to not have children is more the selfish one. But you don't even have a vasectomy though, right? Well, no, but I I could. I could have a child if I wanted to. Yeah. But I choose not to because I enjoy the standard of life that I have. You know, I'm... I don't think that's selfish at all. I'm doing okay and I don't want to sacrifice, you know, what I got going on in my life to raise a kid. Yeah, I don't think that's selfish at all. It would be selfish to have a kid and then be like, you know what, this sucks. I just want to go back to being single J. Just go out for cigarettes. Yeah, just go out for cigarettes one day. That is selfish. That is way worse. Sure, that that's there, there's many opportunities to be selfish yeah, along that, the line. That's dropping a dog off at a park and just driving away. Yeah, that, that's people don't like that. Yeah. People do not like that. But you tell someone that, you know, hey, why don't you just like foster or you know that they they pay you mm-hmm. for that and like okay maybe you get a hard case but like you don't have to you don't know what you're gonna get like mm-hmm. uh, help help the people that are here don't make more people we don't need your specific genetic combination it's not gonna be revolutionary probably mm-hmm. it's not gonna be you know I don't know you're not gonna contribute much genetically but the way you raise a kid could change the world. It could. Uh, let's get back to suffering, though. Mm. So before we got on the cast, we were talking about, is some suffering worse than others? Can you judge how bad a suffering is, yours, someone else? I, I, I think you can. You know, I think that uh, mental anguish generally is going to take a backseat to physical anguish. Uh, you know, torture starvation, um, getting punched in the face a bunch of times. I, I think that's the worst kind of torture. Like or the worst kind of worst kind of suffering. Like real real physical suffering. Real yeah, physical yeah. torture. Like the, the the more baseline you get on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs of needing like uh, you know, food and shelter and not being constantly under attack. Um, that is a worse suffering than like existential suffering, you know, in the higher levels of the hierarchy of need where it's like, oh, I need to like live out my ambitions and schemes in this world. See, I would, I almost feel opposite of that in some ways because like when you get down to the basics of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like if you're, let's say, uh, you know, you're homeless in Seattle. Uh, you're probably not having much existential crisis if you're living in a tent in the park, uh, scavenging for food and drugs and existence and whatever else. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have the time to get to those existential dreads. You're you're concerned with your survival. So, like, that kind of alleviates higher realms of suffering and just brings you to, like, the base needs of existence. Maybe. Could be. Hard to judge. Like, do you think a person <clears throat> living on the streets in Woodland Park Zoo uh, is suffering more or less than a uh, diamond mine- miner in the Congo? Who has a job and has a home and like makes a little bit of money. Granted, it's a brutal lifestyle. I, I would say that they are suffering less. The, the, the diamond miner is suffering more. And really? And the homeless person is suffering less. Why? Because the diamond miner is being worked to death in a way that the uh, homeless person is not. They... You know, the homeless person, they have their tent, they have a community of other people around them. You know, it's not maybe the most mentally healthy one, um, but they have a 
safety network that they can rely on. And, and you know, they're suffering. They're, they're cold. They are destitute in a way. Um, but I believe, like, the safety net of a Western city like Seattle and all of the services that they can access and, you know, See, uh, supermarkets <clears throat> they can loot without really any yeah, that's, thing that, like, that like, like they're, like they're they're slowly killing themselves like they're not going to live you know a long healthy life in the way that some you know suburban middle manager is going to they don't have access to health care um you know they're not going to realize like the truest potential of you know capitalism uh but the brutality of like living as a as a diamond miner like that just beats your body up so much that you're gonna be wrecked and the standard of living somewhere like that in some shanty town that has sprung up around a diamond mine uh you know all the all the pollution of yeah but you get a lot of pollution living by the side of the highway too that's true but way less than like and i don't living, know living I, next to a smelting plant and i don't know what i see i don't even maybe there's a network of a safety net in seattle but like largely i don't think so i mean like i don't know you know you hear about police coming in and cleaning out camps and it's like well where the fuck do they go to the next camp yeah but then like can't clean them all they're just moving them somewhere but i don't know uh i would say it's a comparable level of suffering i i would also say it's a comparable level of suffering but i just I'm giving it to the diamond miners just because of how hard it is to mine diamonds. Sure. Uh, the homeless people, I would liken them more to like subsistence farmers. Uh, corner, uh, cra- I have the word I'm trying to say. Uh, corner, cra- corner sharecroppers. Yeah, yeah, there you we know, go. They have to kind of scrounge up what they need for the day in terms of food and drugs and you know then they're set they're not even thinking about what happens next until you know the meth or the heroin wears off and then it's like all right food drugs let's do it again yeah but i imagine the life in the congo doing the diamond mine like they're probably drinking some sort of awful palm drink sure absolutely or they're, they're drinking they're getting fucked up too like they're i don't know i would say like i said i think it's different but a comparable horrible existence uh i mean i would say like a, a poor west virginian coal miner is suffering less than the homeless person yes yeah I, if, as long, provided that they have uh shelter yeah, well, I mean, then, they're, yeah. they're going to have shelter, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're doing okay, they got the old family home, right? but, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't want to be a miner. No, I think about that all the time, like, man, there was no way that I could have ever been a coal miner, like, it's just, I mean, <clears throat> it's just not worth it, like, I would have been like, oh, I need to be working a coal mine to support my family. Like, no, I don't even want a family. Like, no. you're, you're the kind of guy that, like, would have run away with the circus. Oh, my. I think about point. that all the time. Like, I really, if this was 100 years ago, I would have run away with a circus for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. And the circuses now are kind of bougie. Like, you got to have, like, a clown degree. Yeah. And some, like, engineering specialties to no, get in there. They don't, they don't torture the animals anymore. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have liked that part. You don't have to be drunk all the time. You can't be drunk all the time. Right. To work in the circus now. Yeah. Only That's if, true. Only if you're a carnival ride operator. I've never really liked getting drunk, so I, I probably wouldn't have been all that popular. But weed wasn't as available back then. But you could get, like, cocaine, cocaine and morphine. So I'd probably, sure. I'd probably just be... Loaded up on coke all the time, being a clown, mm-hmm. a roustabout in the circus. Maybe be a lion tamer and just get eaten one day. See, I can I can envision myself as like a drunken tilt a whirl operator. Mm, okay, just fucking a nineteen thirties tilt a whirl, nonetheless. Like, do they have the tilt a whirl in have, the nineteen thirties? I have no idea. I'm gonna look this up. I don't know when like the modern idea of a carnival ride came about. Like, maybe they had like a mule powered tilt a whirl or something. 
Okay, let's see. The rides are manufactured by Larson International of Plainview, Texas. Okay. Okay, let's see. The history of the Tilt-A-Whirl. Everyone who works there wanted to design roller coasters and then couldn't at their engineering degree. Or in their, they, they, just, they, weren't, they couldn't cut the mustard to design roller coasters, so now they design teacups and Tilt-A-Whirls. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first one, Tilt-A-Whirl, was invented in 1926. See, see. The first 14 were produced in 1927, built in the guy's basement. Sounds safe as fuck. Um, let's see. Modern Tilt-A-Whirls. Incidents and accidents. On September 22, 2018, a Tilt-A-Whirl operated by Thomas Amusement in St. John's, Newfoundland malfunctioned when two of the cars crashed into each other, causing the top of one of the cars to fall off and on the platform. No serious injuries. That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The Tilt-A-Whirl. There was a carnival that would come to my town every year with a Tilt-A-Whirl. Sure. Uh, A Gravitron. Oh, I love the Gravitron. Gravitron. There, there's some. There's some spectacular failures of the gravitron. So the gravitron, you get in, uh, and it starts to spin around, and you stand against the walls, and it spins so fast that you get like stuck on the wall. Right. And then the floor drops out from under you. See, on the one I always went to, it wasn't the floor that dropped out. They that they would raise. You know, just like raised. You're on some sort of wheeled track or like some sort of wheeled thing, and like they would like let the brake go or something. And you would just like shoot up to the top. Interesting. That's, that's, that sounds way more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so the Gravitron accident, what happens is, you know, people are stuck on the wall. They're spinning around. They're having a great time. The floor drops out. So, you know, you're, you're, you're trapped on the wall. But a few times, the roof has flown off of the Gravitron. It's spinning so fast that the ceiling just flies off of the ride. And then people get flung out of the top of the ride. The ceiling was holding them in? I'm not sure what happened, but that that's, you know, the ceiling f- flies off, and I don't know if it's like when the ride slows down and they get oh. let go of the walls, they just fly out, or maybe like the, I bet what happened is the ceiling flying off uh, made some other mechanical malfunctions. Sure. Yeah. So, if you have been... Killed or injured in a Gravitron accident, we want to hear from you. If you've been injured on any amusement park or carnival ride, uh, we want to hear from you. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at RainCityJerks. RainCityJerks.com does not exist. Please don't make that website and ransom it to us. We're going to get there one day. We'll get there one day. We'll get a YouTube channel soon. Uh, Twitter. I don't know, but you can mostly reach us on... Instagram at Rain City Jerks and uh, exciting news uh, we're going to make stickers soon so if you want stickers stay tuned send us a message uh, the stickers are free you got to pay for shipping that's because we're poor but uh, they're going to be cool stickers what uh, what other sort of Rain City Jerks swag would you want to see uh, magnets magnets okay uh, may, yeah I don't know t-shirts t-shirts yeah okay I mean we've got uh, an audience of about 45 to wow. 50 people. <clears throat> I, w- I would perform to that audience. Yeah, right. So when you think about it, like, you know, think about a show, we're talking to 50 people right now. That's a great, I'm, I'm happy with a 50 person audience. Like, that feels like a good show. So if you're listening to this, thanks. Also, we're less than 1% in Japan, less than 1% in New Zealand, and less than 1% in Israel. So what 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 fucking other Jews do I know in Israel? I, we're getting around, baby. Who, who is it? Is it uh, maybe it's Josh Weitzman? Maybe he's, is he uh, in Israel? He lives in Israel. Yeah. So okay. like, there's a thing that happens. Like some Jewish people, you know, they kind of grow up in the suburbs, but then they get like way more Jewish. Mm-hmm. Like they're just kind of like a medium level Jewish. But then when they graduate high school, they'll evolve and either become an Orthodox Jew. Or a like Zionist Jew, mm. and the Orthodox Jews will get married at like nineteen, and just start having kids. They'll right. have like a kid every year and a half, uh, but then the Zionist Jews will move to Israel to protect Israel from Palestine. In, in a way, I don't know if a yeah. lot. I think a lot of them I'm, kind I'm, of go after the age of mandatory military service. I'm extremely pro Palestine, but. Uh, 
I would like to go to Israel. I, I didn't hear the Palestine <clears throat> argument until I was like 20 years old. Really? Like I never, like, I mean, I grew up around only Jews. Right. Everyone loved Israel. Uh, and it was, you know, it was kind of through the 90s where right, right. there was much more bullish pro-Israel sentiment in American culture in general. There wasn't that kind of dissent. But then I moved up here and people were like, fuck Israel, Palestines, what's up? Yeah. And I was like, really? What? Are, are we the bad guys? Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. I mean, Israel, well, we don't need to get into it, but yeah, I'm pro-Palestine. Sure. Uh, but thank you, one guy living in Israel, listening. Uh, uh, I'd like to thank uh, my pinball homeboy, Nick Tesseris, for listening every week. Nick's a shout-out for you, and I'd like to shout-out, I think I shout-out to him before, but uh, Graham in Colorado, Graham Yearling, uh, you suck at Elden Ring, but you might get better. You might get better. We're here for you, buddy. Get a sticker. We'll send you a sticker. Uh, I would like to see some Rain City Jerks like uh, baseball cards. Okay, just the two of like us. Two of us, we could have our guests, and then on the back it would have our stats. Hmm. What would your stats be? Uh, I would rank medium in strength and dexterity. Oh, we're, doing, we're going like X-Men stats. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I would rank high in energy projection. Okay. But that's just my odor. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's your power. Stink power. That's my power is that I just smell wherever everyone, I go. Everyone listening to this podcast should be very thankful that smell of sound isn't a, a thing. If you would like to scratch and sniff, just... We're closer to getting smell sound than smell vision I think. So maybe one day we can pro- we can load this digital file up with some various smells that can get projected into your head. That's some weird, like, videodrome synesthesia yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Just some, like, binaural beats that make you spe- smell asparagus piss or something. Yeah. Make you smell burnt toast and think you're having a stroke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have, like, they, when I say they, I mean the CIA. Sure. Have that. Heart <clears throat> attack gun? Well, the heart attack gun, classic, of course. But, Favorite. Uh, no, they have the the voice of God where they can just, like, I, I believe I'm saying this correctly. And, like, this is a real thing. You can look it up. But, like, it uses, like, microwave frequencies that they, like, match the harmonics of your skull. And then they can, like like, pinpoint beam, like, someone speaking into your head like it resonates off of your skull and it, you just think that someone is like talking to you in your head is that like an mk ultra thing? yeah it's like how sirhan sirhan got activated like they, they yeah. you know what i mean it's like a it's like a control thing or just to make someone go fucking crazy sure. but just like you like you're legitimately like hearing a voice in your head just because someone's like bouncing microwaves off of your skull it's, it basically uses the same technologies that bone resonant those bone resonance like yeah. headphones yeah yeah like it just uses that but like at a military grade sure and they probably combined it with like lsd also and just loaded people up oh yeah with, like high quality yeah 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 acid like right. lured them into like think they were gonna have sex with a prostitute and then dosed them up way too high them up and, and like, then started projecting yeah voices in their head yeah for sure hmm, for sure president maybe hmm? right uh Listen to Rain City Jerks podcast, maybe. Hmm. Well, I have been undercoding all of our episodes with uh, subliminal messages. Yeah. So uh, I hope all of you have been getting them, and thank you for listening. Uh, if you play our uh, out of our episodes backwards, you will hear me telling you to bring me a case of hibiscus flavored Lacroix. Hmm. And I'm telling you to. Uh, rate and review us on any listening platform uh, but only if you're going to rate us well <laughs> a three and above if you're going to rate if you're going to rate below a three just don't okay just like don't be an asshole like you don't like the show whatever don't don't stink don't stink up this party if you're going to i'll We're take, gonna get so many bad reviews out of spite now i'll take a three you know what i mean i'll take a three it adds up listen if you want to give us a bad review just just stop and instead, you can come and punch either me or Jack in the stomach. Sure. At like half strength. You can 50, punch. 50 to 70% strength. Like you can we're punch not me in the arm at full strength. Full strength? Yeah. Like a wind up or just like a. I mean, it depends on who it is, but. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah. If you're a woman, you can punch me in the arm full strength. You would like that, actually. I might. Yeah. yeah. Then you can slap his dirty boner. No. But maybe. Really? You, ever, you ever hang a towel off your boner? 
I did when I was a teenager. That's, I, a, that's a fun time. To be honest, I don't think I could anymore. But no, uh, maybe, maybe I could. I don't know. I bet, I bet you. Not like I mean, it's got to be a full boner. And also, a lot of that kind of depends on the the curvature that you got. Yeah, I kind of angle up, so oh. I make a really good coat hook. Okay, no, I don't angle up. I kind of hook to the right. Oh, you got the sidewinder. Yeah, hook to the right a little bit. Uh, I've heard that the curve up is is a people like that though. People do like that. I mean, think yeah. about the angle that you're getting. Exactly. Uh, yeah. If you're trying to, it's like your people evolved to get women off like my people being the upward angled penis people yeah right exactly gotcha, gotcha. yeah your people like yeah the upward angled people like they really put a uh, importance on making women come i guess i wonder how many people have just got these beautiful beautiful cocks but then they never like get to use them to the fullest because they're not competent enough to like go out and get women mm. And it's like, oh, okay, I've had sex like four times in my life, but then they've got just this, you know, not not just big, but just a beautiful, sure, beautiful a good cock. looking cock, a good looking cock, nice, a suckable cock, yeah. Uh, totally no homo here, but you know, you can appreciate. Uh, a I sucked a dick one time, you know, whatever. Yeah, how was that? I did it one time. You did it one time. Ooh. I was uh, seventeen. Yeah. Uh, he was 17. We were like best friends growing up. Okay. And then I moved away. Yeah. And then I came back to visit. I moved away when I was 12. And then I came back to visit a few times and we'd hang out. And then one time I came back to visit when I was 17. And uh, I was sleeping over his place as I always did. Sure. Hanging out, goofing off. And then like, I forget how exactly it started, but like we just started talking about like hypothetical situations. Sure. And like, you know, what we would do or wouldn't do. And I was mm-hmm. like... Yeah, I might hook up with a dude, but there's no way I could kiss a guy. Right. And, like, that's how I, like, that was one of the earliest it's jokes. slippery like, slope. That's one of the earliest jokes I ever wrote, honestly, is, like, I know I'm not gay because I don't want to kiss men. And I know I don't want to kiss men because when I was fucking a 17-year-old boy, like. Uh, I wouldn't kiss him. I wouldn't kiss him. Like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It was just okay. And so, uh, yeah, like I you did. Know, he end up going like full gay, or was it just he, like I? Well, that was the that was the punchline of the joke. Is that like uh, I? Yeah, I was his first gay experience, and now he's like full gay. So like, I I am so good at fucking and sucking dick that this dude definitely knew that he was gay afterwards. Where I was just like, eh, not for me. There was a kid in my neighborhood named Josh, but I tried it, and that's what's important. You tried it. And you know. Yeah. See, for me, just like thinking about it is so, like, squicks me out so much that I know. Well, that's how I feel about kissing a man. I'm just like, ugh, ugh, no. But, like, if I was having a three-way, like a male-male-female three-way, I might suck a dick. I don't know. I might. Sure. I don't care. I wouldn't let him put it in my butt, probably. I'm Mm -hmm. not, I put stuff in my own butt, but, like, I don't know if I would let a dude fuck me in the butt at this point. Would you let a chick fuck you in the butt? Probably. Less likely, like because uh, honestly, I <clears throat> I've never I've never let that happen. Uh, there's only been like one or two people that wanted to, and honestly, like I don't understand what the women get out of that, and it just seems like a weird dumb. I I don't know. Like it just right. makes then they have that over you for the rest of the relationship. Kind of yeah. like I don't. It's like it's not really even it's that. Like, oh, but I like, fuck your butt. I fuck your butt, Jack. Right. Like any, any argument you have, they can just be like, oh, remember that time I fucked you in the ass? And I'm like, yeah, it was fine. But like, I mean, I could say the same thing to them. But uh, I don't know. It's just I don't like stuff in my butt enough to where like if I was gonna let someone fuck me in the butt again, I would hope that they were getting a lot of pleasure from it. Sure. Like physical pleasure and not just like yeah, like this is some sort of like domination thing. Like like I like butt stuff, but it's because it feels good and it's kind of gross. Yeah. It's not because I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'm fucking you in the ass, you fucking nasty slut. Like <laughs> I mean, all right, yeah, it's a little bit of that, but like Yeah, it seems, it seems like that's you know, a it's a groove that you already have in there. But it's not like, it's not like I'm like, it's a, it's a little taboo. And I'm not like, and that's what I kind of like about it on top of other things. But like, 
it's not like yeah and you're a piece of shit because i fuck you and you know what i mean like yeah. and maybe that's my own hang up and why i don't want someone to fuck me in the butt mm-hmm. but uh long story short short male male female three-way i might suck a dick probably wouldn't put it in the butt gotcha it would depend there'd have to be a beautiful dick you know what i mean right right yeah you're fucking picturesque that's gonna be like one of our baseball cards it's a beautiful, beautiful dick. dick. Yeah, it'll be like the foil hologram. I was just about card. to. I was just about to say yeah, it's going to be like the special edition, like just like glistening pubic hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the holographic X Men card. I collected a lot of those growing up. I think that's no. I think I gave them away before I moved, but I held on to a lot of my X Men cards for a long time. They were like the dumbest things to collect, though. Like, yeah. the, it was like the most absolute dumbest thing to collect. There, there, there was a market for them briefly. Yeah, but then you yeah you got to find someone to buy them. They serve no purpose. You can't play a game with them. Like there's like they're not real people. Well, like they, they 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 serve the purpose of like autistically cataloging information. Yes. Yeah. Which I did, little boys love to do. I did delight in putting them in plastic sleeves. Yeah. In a binder. I. And then you look through the binder and you're like, oh. I had multiple ones. Like, oh, I'm missing that one. Yeah. I need to get that Cyclops and Jean Grey card. Yeah. Yeah. Tight blue and yellow. You know, she's a looker, that Jean Grey, Phoenix, Marvel girl, whatever you want to call her. For sure. Uh, speaking of redheads, the two women, I guess they're two, two fictional women that I imprinted on sexually as a child mm. were uh, Deanna Troy. Okay. From Star Trek and also Beverly Crusher. Definitely Beverly Crusher. Deanna Troy, like, I like her mommy yeah. vibe. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I dig the mommy vibe on Deanna Troy, but physically, not my thing really. But uh, she's hot. She's definitely hot. It's just like not my flavor really. Yeah, well, no. Like every <clears throat> woman that I've ever gone for has either been like a tall redhead mm. uh, or like kind of a curvaceous a uh, jewy looking woman. You got to love the curvaceous jewy looking women. That's that's my that's my bread and butter right there. Yeah, uh... And then sometimes you can combine a redheaded Jew. You see those they they I dated one in high school, changed the course of my life. Did it change the course of her life? Probably in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Young love. I was uh 16 and 17 mm-hmm. and she was 19 and tw- like we dated from like her being 19 to 21 and I like, I broke up with her when I was, like, 18 and a half. Wow. Yeah. Changed the course of my life. She's robbing the cradle. Yeah. I had a radio. Like, I was listening. She had a radio show at yeah. WURI uh, 90.1. And I was an avid fan and listener. And so it was called All You Can Eat. And it was at 9 o'clock on Tuesdays. And... um I would call in. I was like, I, I liked the music they played. It was like punk and garage stuff. It turned me on to a lot of the stuff I like today. And so I would call in, make requests, talk to them, got to know them for a little while. It was two sisters that ran it. And then one spring break for when I was in high school, I called in and for like the, the week after I was like, Hey, could I come down and like hang out? And they were like, yeah. And my mom was like, sure. And which like that blows my mind that my mom was like, okay, you can go hang out at this radio station till midnight, like on a Tuesday. Like, I don't know. Thankful she did. And then, uh, we hit it off. I hit it off with the younger sister, Mm -hmm. Rena, and, uh, got invited to her Halloween party. We made out. It was hot. What was your costume? Do you remember? I think that year I was a toilet paper mummy classic yeah which is like is is it not a good ch- costume choice because it just it disintegrates throughout the night like yeah. it just falls apart like a mummy like a mummy and then the house is just destroyed with toilet paper everywhere but then you can go in the bathroom and steal more toilet paper yeah and then people can't wipe their ass true they just come wipe it on you mm. <clears throat> curse of the mummy and then <laughs> curse of the mummy <laughs> and then you get that cool mummy color uh mummy brown but uh you made out made out hooked up uh it was great and then started just weekly like i was just on there every week after that and i just became a regular and then so throughout my last two years of high school i had a radio show and 
on yeah, it was awesome. What was it? Did you take over their radio show? No, or it, you got your own radio show. The older sister, Erin, uh, she left. She graduated mm-hmm. school and went to grad school, and so there was a open spot. So, so Rena gave it to her roommate Heidi, who was like kind of there sometimes. Yeah, and then I got looped in, and we all took an hour on the radio show to DJ. And yeah. sometimes Heidi wasn't there, so we do like an hour and a half. Sure, sure, and then. When Heidi wasn't there, sometimes we would fuck with the microphones live, and like I would be like behind her doing like doggy style on, mm-hmm. on the soundboard, and she's like reading the PSAs and like the underwriters and giving sure. giving the call signs while getting clapped, and that was always fun. That was pretty hot fucking on live air while she has to read something, uh, or like I'd be getting my dick sucked when I have to read or something. You know what I mean? Like whatever. We we had fun like that. Uh, Never got caught. There's no one there. It was like it was this building at URI that like no one's there. You can hear footsteps coming down the hallway like a w- mile away, and like there's no one. There's no one even there until like a half hour before the next radio show is supposed right, to right. go on. Like you got time. Yeah, there's no one there, uh, especially at nine o'clock at night. So that was fun. I would get out of high school, go home, change, get, grab my crates of records, drive down to her house. We'd fuck go get food, go to the radio show, and then... Do the radio show and maybe fuck again. Yeah, and then I would go home. Sounds like a good night. It was great. Did that for a couple of... Formative experience. Yeah, did that for a couple of years. It was awesome. I don't really like, like, exhibitionism or, like, sex in public. Yeah, I'm not crazy about it. But I do like having sex at, like, abandoned places of business. Like where? Um chiropractor's offices for one okay uh what do you mean they're abandoned like i'm the only one there oh okay so it's not like abandoned like no it's not like a. you're not in a toys r us that's been stripped out i would be into that though okay find that old optimus prime i always wanted yeah it might be there and get to third base a boy's dream come true would also settle for megatron or starscream would not be settling uh, where else? A laundromat before? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Closed the steel shutter and... There was just no one there? I mean, there were actually people doing their laundry, so that one was not abandoned. Yeah. Uh, but closed the steel shutter, you know, it was it was laundromat in the front and then dry cleaning in the back. Okay. Uh, martinizing as well. I'm not sure what the difference is, but yeah, you know. Made it happen. Uh, a couple different yoga studios... Yeah, that just seems yeah. obvious. Yeah, you know, I mean, why do you think, like, people do yoga? Yeah, it's to fart in public and maybe get be- fucked get in public. Be- get better at getting banged. Yeah. At yoga, yeah. That's that's a fair percentage, I would say, of most people who do yoga. Most people who do, like, any physical pursuit, it's just to get better at getting banged or banging. Do you, I I I think that that's largely true, but like I don't know if I if I fully believe that. I think that we might just be more driven by sex than some people. I think we are more conscious of it. Okay, so so like any sort of gym goery, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like an athletic pursuit, but it's just going to the gym for general fitness. Yeah, but there's all those like guys at the gym who like are big and swole and like they're just on their grind set. Like they don't even have time for women. You know what I mean? Like they're just like selling crypto and getting swole or something. Well, so see, they're there to be better at having sex with themselves. Okay. And like okay. adoring themselves and courting themselves. And then when they have sex with their girlfriend, it's more an act of like worshiping their own body. Interesting. Than it is, you know, like, oh, babe, I can fuck you so good with my, you know, big glutes and mm-hmm. supple hip flexors. Um, I mean, the reason I work out almost every day and take the supplements that I do is so that I can fuck into my old age. Like, I don't yeah. want to get crippled and, you know, whatever else. If you're listening, uh, maca root, D H E A, and uh, L arginine, all great for your boners. L arginine is one of the. It's the precursor to nitric acid. One which, of the pillars of the cum stack. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a precursor to nitric acid, which is what essentially Viagra is. So it helps with the blood flow and vessel dilation, and so it gives you more of that in a natural way rather than juicing you up with like whatever else. I was I was trying L arginine for a while, but the the pill is so big, it's so what? big and so dry. 
Oh, mine's like a I, capsule. Yours has got a capsule. Yeah, I have to like cut mine into like quarters. And I can also it. I can also take like eight pills at once. Dude, I, I'm not like I'm like one of the throat goats okay. when it comes to to swallowing pills. But just the shape and size of this pill, like I'll swallow it and then I can feel it stuck in my throat, hmm. and I gotta hork it back up, or just drink something, right? No, because it, like it gets stuck like horizontally oh. in my throat, hmm. and you know it happened twice, and I wasn't really motivated to try again. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. <clears throat> the maca root. There's one brand that I like particularly, but it's sitting on that table over there. But I can't think of the name of it. But it's got like a Vitruvian man on it. Whatever the brand that is, is fucking tight. It makes a difference. Yeah, those Vitruvians. They are known for their virility. Yeah, I mean. Probably. Drawing the dick in different angles. <laughs> you uh, you had quite a few shows that you did in the last week. It was a successful comedy week for the old Jack Slattery. It was, but it's also like such a fleeting sense of okayness yeah that it's just like oh i'm sick in the head like nothing will ever be enough there will never be a point in my life where i'm like i did it good i mean if there if there's a show that i was not booked on oh yeah i'm like why wasn't i booked on that yeah oh why wasn't it even if i'm on a show that night oh yeah 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 why didn't i get booked on this show there's still some shows i'm like who's on this okay i don't don't need to drive to puyallup for like this show but yeah but generally, no, I feel the same way. Uh, but no, I've had some moderate success lately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I did a full weekend at the at our, uh, dare I say, home club, uh, club comedy there on uh, 15th, a- is it 15th? It's 15th Avenue yeah. on uh, Capitol Hill. Yeah, 15th Seattle. Avenue in Capitol Hill, Seattle. Fun little room, cool, cool setup, good vibes. H- had you done 20s before? Few and far between. And how did you feel doing 20 minutes? The first show, I was like, boy. Because uh, like the last time I'd done 20 was in August. And I had to, for that show, I had to pull out a bunch of old jokes that like I don't normally do because like, they're okay, but like I don't normally do yeah. them. And just to kind of fill some time. And like... I thought I did okay on that show. Was it weird? Yes. But uh, I haven't been booked by them again. Um, but I have a fun show. I was on that show with Richie Affelje. Mm-hmm. And uh, we both did like a half hour, like 20 minutes, half hour. And I went first. Mm-hmm. And uh, an older woman in the front row. It's just like at a dive bar somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, one of the tables... Uh, she, I was man, I was killing her, and then she just like looked at me and she was just like, "You're a bad man," and I, and I was just like, "Are you hitting on me right now?" And then her daughter, who I mean, this was like an older woman, so her daughter was like maybe forty. You know what I mean? Her daughter was forty. Yeah, Jesus. And like, uh, she was like, "I think she is," and I was like, "All right, that's cool." And then so like, Granny was spry. She, yeah, she she was into it. And then at the end of the show, people were coming up to Richie and giving him compliments. Like, you're so funny. That was amazing. And this, like, kind of hot woman came up. I think I talked to her at some point in the show. She came up and was like, she was like, you're really funny and you're really weird. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Like, that's a compliment. Like, I will take that. Like, she meant it in good nature, I think. I, I've seen your material. You definitely lean into being weird. Sure. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that's... That's on purpose. No, yeah, I was like, okay, good, you're getting it then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, 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 so yeah, that was like the last time I'd done a longer set, and I, I liked it, but it wasn't the greatest just because some of the jokes were a little dusty and like it was a little clunky. Sure. Uh, but since then, I've written, I don't know, five or eight minutes more of like pretty decent material. Sure, sure. Uh, which for the listener is harder than it seems. Uh, we go oh, just write another ten minutes. No, it doesn't work like that. Uh, like it could, but those, for some people it does. Those, yeah, but those ten minutes for us though. Yeah, but like those those ten minutes probably aren't very good. You know what I mean? Like you're a new when you're a new comic, you know, just like 
a couple years in, like a few months to a couple years in, you're like, oh, I could, I'm writing five minutes every week. You're just like, yeah, but like when you look at it from an elevated position of comedianshipness, like you're like, some of those weren't so good. And so uh, I've since written like, you know, five, eight, ten minutes of like pretty solid new material, I think. And so uh, when I put my set list together, it had a decent flow to it. And it did have a flow. Uh, I was confident with it and comfortable with it, and it worked. You know, I, I feel very good about the that that weekend at Club Comedy. Four shows. Uh, the two early shows were both really good. I got tape from one of them. I'm submitting to a festival with it, and the later shows. Uh, you know, they're later shows. Lighter, lighter attended, a little wilder crowd. Especially the Friday show, they were just tired. Everybody got off work. It's like ten o'clock at night. Like you know, energy's low. There, there's always hecklers at the late show. I didn't get heckled. It, oh, actually, during the late show, I think it was during the late show. Maybe it was the early show, but I think it was during the late show. There was that guy in the shorts and the Hawaiian yeah, you, shirt. You didn't get heckled, but everyone else. I almost never get heckled. I think people are a little scared of me. Um, but he he wasn't heckling, but he was like in his living room watching TV because I would be like, you know what the only difference between men and women are? That's one of the new jokes I've written that I like. It's a good joke. And... He was like, oh, shit, here we go. Oh, boy, this is going to be weird. Oh, man, here it comes. And just like, like, okay, like, I just ignored him. I didn't address it at all, but just like I just rolled past it. But, like, it was it was a noticeable distraction. I'm just like, all right, dude, like, calm uh, the fuck that, down. That's what we call positive heckling. It was just even worse than regular heckling, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, you can't, you can't really come down hard on it. Yeah, you just kind of look like a prick if you do. No, but that guy... He was really going after Megan. Yeah. You know, he was going after Megan hard, and then uh, Juan. Yeah. yeah. Juan devoted a lot of time. To yeah. That guy. He was doing, Juan was doing a lot of crowd work. Well, Juan is like an all crowd work guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can see how it works sometimes. It has an element to it. I, I want to do more crowd work. I feel like. I okay, think you so, should, so, yeah. So it's a little inside baseball here. So comics, we go on stage and we tell jokes that like we've written. You know, we write and we practice them in the same way over and over again. But then crowd work, you know, we'll we'll talk to someone in the crowd and ask them questions about their life. Basically, just give them enough rope to hang himself uh, so that we can say something really funny either about them or at their expense or just you know kind of create comedy and. Uh, <laughs> There are some shows where it doesn't really make sense to just go into material and basically monologue. Right. You know, the, the, the crowd doesn't give a fuck about what you're saying. Not even a little. Not even a little. So you got to rope them in. you gotta, you got to create something spontaneous so that they're like, oh, this guy's actually funny. Let's listen to him. Right. He's in the moment. He's in the He's room. He's in the moment. He is actually a funny person, not just a guy that wrote some funny stuff one time. That he remembered. Yeah, that he remembers. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different skill set altogether. Uh, you know, I do it from time to time if it warrants it, but it's not something I enjoy. It's not something I really want to delve into that much. And then there's that skill where it's not really crowd work, but it's just like... Conversation. Commenting on the room. Yeah. Commenting on what's going on. I'm, I'm pretty good at that. I like doing that. And that also I kind like, of convinces people that you've created something spontaneous. If I'm if I'm performing somewhere that's maybe say not a traditional comedy venue or uh the crowd is like, you know, they're not they're there for comedy but like it's a little bit of a strange situation say a, sure. say a brewery maybe. Brewery a bar. Yeah. I think breweries are great for comedy, though. Like, for some reason, breweries and com- like usually if there's comedy at a restaurant or a bar, that's like a death knell for that restaurant or bar. But yeah. a brewery, they go hand in hand. They work well together. Going to a brewery is more like going to an event. Yeah, your mind right. kind of interprets differently. Right. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that that is what it is. You're like, even Ooh. if it is just a bar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Most of them in Seattle say it's a brewery. It's just a bar where they make the beer there. Yeah, I mean, that's a brewery. But it has a different kind of uh, cachet. Yeah, it's got an artsy-fartsy craft vibe to it. It's 
like, oh, I'm going to absorb this culture. And beer. That is a man talking about his dick. Yeah, while I drink this $9 hopped IPA. Uh, but yeah, so if I go in a place like that and they have like some silly decorative artwork or something, you know, you comment on the mm-hmm. space you're in. You're like, you know, you point out something. Like I went to this cider brewery in Bothell over the summer and uh, on the back wall they had uh, a sign with an arrow on it. And on top of it, on the words on the top said bathroom and the words on the bottom said games. And I made a reference about like, so what goes on in that bathroom games room or whatever? And like, oh, that kills. Yeah, people, people were like, like, oh my God, I've seen that sign forever. And I never thought of that. It seemed like a weird sex mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. I've got a really great riff for uh, barrels. A lot of bu- a lot of bars will have a barrel. Oh in yeah, them, or like the tables will. Is be... it bunghole related? No, it's about uh, Streets of Rage and Final Fight. Oh and yeah, how I yeah, wish yeah. that I could punch this barrel open and, and it get would an just apple, be a whole roast chicken. Right. That's not you know I don't have insurance, but that's my health care plan is just to walk over a whole roast chicken on the street and have my <laughs> HP refilled. Have your herpes subside for a little bit. You don't even have to chew it. You just walk over it. And right. Osmosis. It into your body, exactly. I always liked Streets of Rage because they had the rollerblader kid. Oh, yeah, Skate. Yeah, he was yeah, my, that's he the guy was, I liked. He was a good fighter. He was a good fighter. He did the cool jump kicks. That was like the golden age of rollerblades being cool. Yeah. They should bring back more fighting games with rollerblades. Rollerblades? There, there, there's a few of them. There was a character in the, uh, no one's going to remember this, but Fighting Vipers for Sega Saturn and in the arcade, there was a guy who, there was a girl who had rollerblades. I think I remember the arcade. It was like a knockoff Mortal Kombat kind of thing. It was a knockoff Virtua Fighter. Okay. It was more like an early 3D fighter. Oh, okay. Then I'm thinking Um, of something different then, maybe. Time Killers, maybe, is what you're thinking about. Mm, no, it was like called like Pit Fighter or something. Oh, Pit Pit Fighter was bad. Yeah, Pit Fighter is like one of the worst video games of all time. I remember stopping in a Maryland rest stop and playing that game, and I was like, "What is this?" That that was a weird time back when they used to just have like video arcades in random places. Like they'd always have video games in uh, airports. And, I didn't go to a lot of airports as a kid, I guess. Uh, I rode the Washington State ferry system for a while to go from, where was it, Anacortes to Lopez Island, and they would have, like, a cruise in USA on the ferry. Oh, sure, like yeah. A driving video. That, that was one of the first games where you, like, sat and... You sat in the thing and drove. Yeah, those were yeah, fun those, games. This is a decent game. Uh, but now, like... I don't know, having kind of looked behind the curtain of coin-operated games a little bit, like I know how much maintenance mm. they require, and it's like, Jesus Christ, it's a whole industry. They're paying these people to come repair their games on a ferry or in the airport. What are all those guys doing now? Probably dead. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. Some of them. Video game, or arcade repairman. That's just not a job that exists anymore. I don't know, you remember... There used to be those ads where it was like the, the the they would send you tapes, and it was like a, a a vocational school that you could do from home, and they just sent you videotapes, and you learned. And there was like like watch and gun repair was a thing that you could learn. Oh, you know what? I do remember these infomercials. Yeah. Like they just like scrolled by a lot of I different scrolled things. Scrolled by yeah. like twenty five different jobs that you could get. Right. Trades that you could learn hmm i wonder if anyone succeeded with those i don't know man i'd I'd, if i knew how to like do gunsmithing and repair right now i think my life could only be better really than it is yeah or like watch repair Hmm. watch repair watch you remember my buddy uh john spivey who came out to your mic the one time oh yeah the big cowboy guy sure yeah I went to school with his cousin. You went to school? That was fucking weird, man. Yeah. There's only like 10 people in Alabama, so. It was I inevitable. It's, I guess it's not that weird. Uh, but he's in this program to like learn how to repair Rolexes. Interesting. Because they've got like their own training program to repair Rolexes and, you know, watch his break, man. They got tiny moving pieces in them. You got to send them to a John Spivey. Hmm. He's an interesting guy. 
he he's very interesting. He's a very interesting guy. He there's some there's something there's there's a dark side to him. Oh, for sure. There's there's for sure for sure side, and he likes to show you all of the brightness. He he has just got this like blindingly dazzling personality. And he's done so many different weird things. Like, I, I would say more than either of us. Oh, And like, we've done a lot of weird, different things. Like, I mean, this he's guy, like, he was in the army, right? Like, he, like... He was in the army. He was, like, uh, an anti-poaching ranger right. in Africa. Right, yeah. Um, that alone. That right alone. Um, and, you know, most people would just be like, wow, this guy... Do you think he's going to go to the Ukraine? Because like they're saying, anybody who wants to fight can just like show up right now, and they'll give you machine guns. Do you get to keep the machine guns? I mean, how are they going to stop you? You have a machine gun. If you just disappeared like a day or two before, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you could you could get it. like if you can get to the Ukraine and figure out how to get a machine gun, I feel like you could keep the machine gun. See, most people would be expecting you to uh, you know get the machine gun. And then go back through Ukraine. You'd go. You you would escape to the west. Yeah, for sure. You would go into Western Europe to escape. <laughs> well, I mean, you'd have you would have to fl- at this point you would have to fly into probably like Czechoslovakia or like Belarus. Maybe not Belarus. Maybe that might be shut off. But like you yeah. know, you have to you'd you'd have, have to fly into some sort of Baltic state. You'd have to fly, fly into a Baltic state and then, then f- commute to the war and then figure out how to get to Kiev on the ground from there. Yeah. You're, like you'd have to be like, yeah, I'm here to do this. And, like you'd have to like charm right. and meet people and hopefully you speak you know some ukrainian uh to help with that otherwise like probably not as useful or maybe just look so american that they're like oh this guy's here to fucking shoot people i mean if you're That's walking around for. with a plate loader and like you know a cowboy hat a cowboy hat and just like shooting six shooters into the air yeah i mean i feel like if you wanted to go to the Ukraine right now and you had, if you have like $5,000, you could go be a Ukrainian freedom fighter fairly easily. I would think probably less than that, but like, you know, just like your travel expenses and like your commute to the war and like whatever else, the bribes you'd probably have to make. Like, uh, you could, you could get yourself there if you ever wanted to just be like a freedom fighter. It's tempting. Do you want? Do you want to do it? Kind of, honestly, kind of. But yeah, let's fucking... I think that's just because I'm depressed, and the idea of getting like blown up by a Russian tank seems appealing. Dying for a cause. Dying but, for a cause. But as back to, to just go ahead. Well, but back to my success. Uh, the Shanghai, <laughs> the Shanghai room. Uh, that was a fun night. I yeah, had, like yeah. I'm, I'm co-producing a new room in the Greenwood neighborhood. We sold. About 25 tickets. Uh, they have frozen drinks. Uh, it was a fun night. And I made some money and paid everybody pretty well, I think. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to more Shanghai Room. Uh, we just barely were able to have a show that didn't have uh, the movie Dodgeball playing in the background. Not even the movie, just the title. The DVD menu yeah. for the movie Dodgeball. God, was that was so annoying. In the I had, background I, of the bar. I had to argue with one of the bartenders to like shut it off. Like not argue, argue, but like I had to be firm and like a little stern. Like, well, it's just part of the ambiance of the bar. I'm like, okay, but like for an hour, can it not be? Like, can we just please shut this off? Like, things will go so much better if we can just shut this He's off. Like, okay, I'll I'll turn it off. He takes that off and then puts on the DVD menu for Tommy Boy. Yeah. Well, how can you how can you even compete with Tommy Boy, man? Like, people would stop paying <coughs> attention to us and just watch Chris Farley. <coughs> right. I told him it would be distracting. He's like, you mean for the comics because they'd be watching it while they're on stage? I'm like, sure, yeah. Do you think he was he was trolling you or that he actually thought that? I don't know. He kind of mellowed out a little bit later. He did. Uh, I think he was just being protective of his bar. He just really likes dodgeball. I guess. He wants to put on the deleted scenes. <clears throat> he Man. knows all of, like, not just the jokes from the movie, but the director's commentary, too. Yeah, people used to really watch uh, DVDs. Ben Stiller used to be a really used to get a lot of work. Yeah. I mean he still does, but like he was much more of a household name. He was a household like comedic movie star. And he, he played that same character a lot, 
Just the goofy, lovable weirdo? No, just like a, 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 a psychopath. Like he was that in Dodgeball, and then I don't know if you ever saw uh, Heavyweights. Oh, I love that movie. That movie's great. Uh, I got our Hebrew teacher, and I believe 11th grade, I tricked him into letting us watch Heavyweights under the pretense that it had something to do with Hebrew. You know, people escaping a camp. Yeah, I loved Heavyweights with the big... uh the big thing that they jumped on and launched people in the air. And, yeah. Uh, no, that was a great movie, Heavyweights. It had that guy who was in the Mighty Ducks, like that fat kid yeah, who was in the yeah, Mighty Ducks. Goldberg. Yeah, Goldberg the goalie. But then, like, have you seen pictures of him? He's, like, all fucked up on drugs and, like, living on the street, or he was a couple years ago or something. I mean, so you're saying that he peaked in the Mighty Ducks. Uh, we should all be so lucky. We should all be so lucky to peak in the Mighty Ducks. You want to take acid and watch the Mighty Ducks? At some point, yeah, we for sure. Watch, we could do all three. Yeah, that would be a fun podcast. Just like acid, Mighty Ducks. Number three really went off the rails. I don't remember. So the first one, they were in Minnesota. Right. And, you know, it was they were the lovable underdogs. Uh, the second putting, one. Putting phone books in their pants. Yeah. The second one, they played in like a youth Olympics. And then in the third one, they went to like a fancy prep school to play hockey for the prep school program and then like all the upperclassmen were like fuck these ducks let's fucking beat them in hockey and there was this huge rivalry between you know these uh preppy seniors versus the mighty ducks who had just come in and were like that seems pretty uh What's the word? Like, like, like a like a school wouldn't just draft a whole Minnesotan youth hockey team to come and play at their school. Right. Highly unconventional. But that's what makes a good movie. That's true. Man, Emilio Estevez would be so mad if he heard us talking about his ducks like this. He's he's rich. He's fine. Emilio, if you want to come onto the cast and we'll send you free stickers. We'll send you free stickers. If you want to refute any of these uh disparaging claims against the Mighty Ducks, I'm I'm ready to debate. I feel like the Mighty Ducks is ready for a reboot and pull Emilio Estevez out as like the coach. You know what I mean? Like he's like He's still the coach. Yeah, well, he could still. He, he hasn't aged. He's one of those guys. Like he still looks like Where, a kid. I mean, I haven't seen Emilio in forever. Maybe that's maybe that's what he wants you to think. Maybe he's really inside of you. We initially started this podcast, and we were going to talk about the duration of Friends with Benefits, and then we kind of just like did a Rain City Jerks all over the place ADD podcast, which is what the people want. That's the feedback I get. That's what the people want. Great. Uh, do we do we want to go into Friends with Benefits or save that for a future date? Yeah, let's table it, man. We're at about an hour. Yeah. Uh, that's another hour at least yeah. with all the diversions that we'll do, but we'll put a fork in that one and, uh, you all know, right. maybe you'll have new Friends with Benefits developments by the time. Next week. Next week, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I doubt it. I'm, I, I've. All oh, right, you ended it. <clears throat> well, I ended it with my one friend with benefits, uh, to prevent future calamity, and I'm not taking Tinder seriously at all anymore. Like, it just seems like a nightmare. It is. Uh, I'm basically just like not interested in anybody right now because uh, it just all seems like it's just going to lead to disaster. I'm just like, I'm just going to avoid this because I don't want to deal with the repercussions of anything. Tinder is like the Hieronymus Bosch triptych, the garden of earthly delights. Yes. Where it's like every pleasure, but also every horrible torture that you could ever imagine. And at the end of the day, you know, people have feelings and uh, I don't want to deal with them. And because I'm dealing with my own and I should just not get cuddled and figure it out. <laughs> I just want to be the little spoon sometimes. And when you do that, you're really setting yourself up for some expectations. Oh. You're like, once you get in that little spoon spot, people are like, Oh, I got them. I never little spoon. I, I never, little, I will never give up that power. Yeah. I mean, you're giving up a power, but boy, it's nice. Boy, it's nice. A relationship is, it's, it's like the cold war. 
You can't look weak in front of the Russians. <laughs> I mean, the Russians are looking pretty weak right now. Yeah, you know, they lost they the, lost the Cold War. Well, they're losing the war now. A, a lot of this, we won't get into this either, but a lot of this uh, Ukraine conflict is a psyop. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and you can watch it on psyop. you can watch it play out almost real time on TikTok. Although you got to be careful because sometimes they're old Chechenian videos, which are like not current. Or they're war simulator games, which look really real, but they're not. And so... Just like the simulation, boys. Yeah, there's there's some... But there's some real shit out there. That's crazy to watch right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Russia is presently getting its ass kicked by the Ukraine. I don't know how much effort they're putting into the Ukraine, but like what they sent, based on the news I'm getting is they're they're not putting up much of a force well i guess but maybe next week to see what's going on in the war next week yeah next week uh maybe we'll all get nuked because putin is alerting his nuclear response teams today all right that's a good place to end rain city jerks next time we'll be speaking russian let's hope so all right rain city jerks out